Welcome to the Sparkle Shamelessly with Lainey Love podcast. I'm your transformational host, Lainey Love Dalby, and I'm on a mission to free human spirits to sparkle shamelessly and step into their authentic power, including you, beloved listener. On this podcast, we're gathering fireside from around the globe for monthly interviews, storytelling, spiritual teachings, and sacred practices with style, sass, and the sacred. Come on over to LaineyLoveDalby.com for more spiritual and leadership development resources. And now, on to the show! Hello, beloveds! We are so thrilled to be here with you today. I want to invite you to take a moment to visualize that we're gathering in our virtual sacred circle now from across the globe for an intimate fireside chat with one of my dear soul sisters, Phoenix Nagig. And she's here from the wilds of Cornwall, England, beaming in. (laughs) So I just invite you to breathe in all of our beloveds that are circling around, nestling up next to the fire, and really allow yourself to fully arrive here, now, into this sacred container from wherever you're joining us. So let's just take a few deep breaths together. Ah, and one more. Ah, and one more big juicy breath. So Phoenix Gig has been working with the sacred feminine for almost a decade with women in Britain and worldwide. Remembering the nature of our womb consciousness, she is part of ushering in the new paradigm of awakening feminine nature on the planet. She's also deeply fascinated by the history and the contemporary embodiment and reemergence of women's wisdom as a journey to healing, balance, wellness, and power. And I am so deeply honored and grateful to have her in the Soul Sparkle Sanctuary virtually with me today. Hello, sister. Hello, Lainey. Thank you for that beautiful introduction. Thanks for having me here. Hello, everybody. Absolutely. So I'd love to jump right in, and I just want to share that each moon cycle in our Sister Hive Learning and Practice community, we're deepening into one of the 13 pillars of the sacred art of sparkling shamelessly. And this moon's community pillar is to root in ritual, ceremony, and ancient wisdom. And our particular theme with that is tapping into the wisdom of the body. And there's really such great wisdom in nature, in our own bodies, in our innate rhythms and cycles, if we choose to pay attention and listen. You know, we can really look to nature and our spiritual heritage for role models and wisdom to help come back to the body and back to our true nature. Because we are in the body of the world and the body of the world is in us. And sadly, our disconnection from the earth and from our great mother and has really created this deep disconnection with our own bodies, our own wisdom that has severed our connection to our pure power. 
And it severed us in some ways as well from our fierce and fiery nature, our primal instincts and that which is wild, just as our mother is wild, just as where our beloved Phoenix lives is so <laughs> wild in Cornwall. <laughs> just knowing that we are a reflection of her and all the teachings that we need to thrive can truly be found in the natural world but we have somehow forgotten this power and harvest. Mm -hmm. And just like the ancient forest and spectacular galaxies and the acorn that becomes the oak, there is a natural intelligence for growth that we all possess. So therefore, this is really just a process of remembering we are that too. And that's one of the reasons that I'm thrilled to have you in particular here with us today, sister. <laughs> Because I know that tapping into the wisdom of the body is such a powerful part of your own work in the world, especially with womb whispering to literally speak the voice of the body. And I'd love if you could share with us about your own revolutionary journey that led you to the work that you do in the world now. Mm, Lainey, thank you. What a gorgeous, sumptuous introduction to the universe. Thank you so much. <laughs> And to the awakening of our times, yeah, I'm covered in goosebumps. So the invitation, yeah, to to bring a little of my past was like so many women, I experienced traumas that led to a permanent residual um, trauma in my body after years and years of healing. Mm -hmm. So I'd experienced violence as a child in a very patriarchal way from my father and in the family home. And then I experienced an assault when I was a young woman, when I was 21. So huge experiences that in our culture were very, you know, unintegrated. I didn't know how to integrate them. And they just turned into the usual play out of illness, the call, and, you know, partying when I was younger and just ignoring my soul my body i always had the magic i was always one of those girls you know as the magic wild wacky one <laughs> i was always that but you know the shadow of our culture i was living from this essentially and colluding with this and so my wild feminine nature we didn't have any initiation or i had no understanding that my emotions could release and purge and cleanse and Essentially, all that happened was that I had to have surgery um, around my womb space by the time I was 22. So my body just stopped me, just like dead. And through these months of recovery and um, I suppose awakening, I just awoke. Oh, okay, I have to change. I'm doing something wrong. And the journey began. So that was 22 years ago. So it's been a long path. Um, but what I discovered was that by listening to my body and listening to the pain and responding lovingly to it, not only was I healing and regenerating, and like now I feel younger than I did at 20, you know, I've over-regenerated something at a really deep level. I began to hear the voice of my womb. I began to cycle with my moon cycle, my Moon, my sorry. So, for anyone who doesn't know, I'm not sure who's listening. Um, my I learned that my moon, my womb cycle, my menstrual cycle would would connect with the moon cycle as an outer compass. And you know, I started bleeding on the new moon, and 
you know, just like these magical things started to happen, the more I honored that inner, dark, feminine space inside myself. And I began to oracle. So I began to hear the voice of my womb. I began to hear the voices of other women's wombs, wherever they were in the world. And I began to hear essentially the, the cosmos, Gaia. I had her womb. So what was trauma, my gifts were sort of compacted by the trauma. So I say to women I work with, like our traumas don't sort of necessarily impact our gift for maths or geography. You know, they impact our soul's gift. We contract, we shut down. And so my path has been to awaken that galactic connection, that cosmic connection, which is just our nature. It's just nature. It's not even a big deal. But we have, even if we haven't experienced violent traumas, and God forbid you haven't, anyone listening, um, but just to be born into a patriarchal culture, there is a numbing, an anesthesia, there is a shutdown. So we could call that the general malaise of our times, that there is just a shutdown to the soul and the heart and the the galactic, something bigger than us, you know, whatever you want to call that, the universal consciousness. There's a lot to say. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, so I still have a slight tremor in my spine. And, but, you know, compared to 10 years ago, where I was told that was, you know, irresolvable, unhealable, you're just going to go downhill and end up in a, in a really, really bad way. You know, it's not even true it's not true um actually it's been my greatest gift it's been my sacred pathway to aligning with who i am and actually it's part of who i am i'm quite cosmic you know i'm quite <laughs> um there's a life force in me a shakti that just wants to live and it just didn't have a place in our society and i'm not very gobby it's not that i'm very you know, madly confident and really out there. I, I'm not, I'm quite private, I'm quite shy. But my energy is joy and it's sensual and it's playful. And I had to shut all of that down to live in this culture. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm. So the earth has given me back my true nature. That's so beautiful. Yeah, I mean, the fact that we are made of stardust, like literally yes. we're made to sparkle shamelessly with that joy, with that aliveness, with that life force, with that Shakti, and to bring that power of creation, especially as women, you know, we can give birth to all new life, you know, to bring that into the world and to make it manifest for the greater good in the next seven generations like that force, that potential, that raw energy that we have access to is such yeah. a profound, deep miracle. So thank you for saying that. Yes. And, and you know, it's that exactly right, Lainey. It's that we need to enter the fertile darkness to open to the light. There is no amazingly joyful person that hasn't been into the dark. You have to go into the dark and feel the pain and the anger and the rage and the shame and the guilt to truly open the heart with compassion to life yeah. and joy and trust. It, it, yeah, always. Yeah. 
Yeah, the deeper the depths of darkness, often I find as well that that individuals have traversed that the higher the the light that they can hold and that they can channel yes. and that they can see in in others yes. <clears throat> presence, presence in others in that way. And, you know, yes. that that journey is so essentially even the piece behind me, you know, the dark and the light without the darkness, no. without the light, you know, it is that that yes. journey that journey together that weaving that allows us to come into our fullness and also mm -hmm. so often as you said our wounds can contain a gem in them yes so that we can polish and bring to that shine that's not always the case but you know yes. it often can be and just knowing yes. Mm, what what is the gem in the wound, in the pain, yes. in that fertile darkness that wants to be born into new life? Yes, that's it. Absolutely. Thank you. Mm, beautiful. Mm. So speaking of that, you know, I know for me on my own journey, ritual and ceremony and really tapping into ancient wisdom has been one of the ways that I have been able to navigate the darkness. I've been able to access greater aspects of my light and my potential. And in some cases, stepping into ceremony really actually saved my life and took me through those darkest avenues. Yeah. And I know that they're also a major part of your sacred work in the world, your life path. And I would love it if you'd be willing to share for, for you and your perspective, the power of ritual and ceremony when we bring that into our lives. Ooh. Yeah, I, Ooh, I'm just called to say this. Um, <clears throat> so I'm just gonna trust it. What is the simplicity of ritual in the simplest of moments? It can be brushing our teeth. It can be putting our shoes on in the morning, but from presence. Like, so making your life that sacred act, that art, um, the, the answer that my head wants to say, is I want to tell you about all the amazing ceremonies and rituals I've done and do. Um, but, but what's coming to me is to bring through in this moment the simplicity is bringing through that all life is sacred. And, and not that I need to brush my teeth in the morning like praying to the toothpaste. It's not, it's not that, it's just like feeling and allowing every moment as an empowerment, even when I don't like something, even when it's boring, like the washing up. So bringing the sacred through the mundane into our life. And it gives us like a glow. It gives us a protection, like north, south, east, west. We're protected, we glow, we're not so fearful, we're not so shameful. We can walk and we hold ourselves in a different way. Then to actually enter ritual space and um, uh, ceremonial space, I love to dance, for example. I love to connect with the earth. I love to, yeah, I love, you know, to move that energy in the body, especially with other women or men or any gender, sorry, any gender who wants to. But, you know, for, for me as a gender with a womb, to have my womb space dancing in ceremony, in ritual space, opens me to a knowledge and a power that as women we forgot a long, long time ago. And in fact, every tribal culture that existed in matriarchal times had dance at the center, ritual, ceremony, aligning with greater forces. Yeah, music, singing, yeah. dancing. 
Uh, yeah, and in my academic studies, you know, we were studying about the, um, it was Professor Chris Knight was talking to us about it. Um, they called the Himba. I'm sorry, I've forgotten the name of the tribe. There's a, there's a certain tribe in Tanzania that's ongoing matriarchal for 20,000 years. And he said, literally, the, the tribe moves across the village all day in a sexual dance between the genders. Then they swap genders. Then they swap clothes. Then some of them have sex. And then some of them later will have sex. Like they're just in this laughing, joking, teasing, fun spirituality. And that's something I feel was really taken away by our, by our hierarchical, structured, religious organizations, where, where spirituality became something that was very frightening. God was a punisher and hell, hell was a goddess. Do you know that? Hell was a Nordic goddess of the underworld. Like, <clears throat> we demonized the feminine. So, so our, our connection, our personal, soulful, spiritual connection got cut off. And so we're just remembering and just awakening to that. And I really say to all the women I work with, what it looks like for you is true because we're not going back. We're not going back to organized religion and we're not going back to tribal ways in hunter-gatherer times. It's gone, honey. But as you can see, even looking at Lainey's work there, her mandala, this is divine. That's her divinity. Here it is. Let her express it, whatever that is. And what happens for me in rituals, so I use the metaphor of the labyrinth with women I'm working with, <clears throat> essentially that we are going, we are entering a space where we are saying through our cycle, honoring our cycle, what shadow comes up, what rises, what is it that keeps returning in our life, manifesting over and over? And then we are essentially walking ourselves out back towards the light of the wholeness of that story. So we're rewriting stories through ritual and ceremony. And, and the access point is through the body. So the body is holding all the codes, all the blueprints, all the knowledge, all the information we need. And you don't need me, you don't need Lainey, to need anyone to access this you know we can remind you but essentially you are the goddess you have the power you are a sovereign being and all we need to start doing we need each other to remind each other is start listening yeah. and that is what i mean by that simple moment of brushing your teeth and knowing you're divine you know like or oh, i'm alive mm. or oh, i have gratitude or oh. We can only really feel that awe if we've gone into the shadow places and cleared them. Mm. Yeah. Or if we're too distracted by the outside world, you know, and too busy yes. in our phones and stuck in our email and stuck with the to-do list and being human doings instead of human beings. Yes, that's it. Exactly. Oh, I never look at my phone too much. <laughs> Not me. You know, being being pulled out of that place. It's like so much of this new feminine paradigm of leadership and this sacred revolution is really that return of love and reverence to self and other and the earth and this greater web of all life. And in that, all of our daily interactions, like we have the opportunity to live our life as prayer. That yes. everything that we say, that everything that we do, that everything that we eat, that everything that we consume consciously is a part of our prayer and a prayer, hopefully for a better world, yes. you know, for a more loving and brave and kind and fully expressed and free world. Yes. Where everyone's human rights are respected and upheld. 
Yes, Free. and to take and 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 to take that spirituality, you know, it's not just in a church where we're praying to God. You know, it's in our hearts. It's here. It's not even just in the sisterhood circle. You know, it's here. It's in the moment. It's when the plumber comes round. It's speaking to the woman next door about her cat. You know, it's just normal life and. I was on the phone to a council tax in England. We have council tax. It's an extortionate bill we have to pay in England. It's like thousands of pounds a year. And anyway, so I'm on the phone to the council tax about something or other. And at the end of the call, the woman said, oh, Miss Nickig, it was so lovely speaking to you. I, I, you're even nicer in person than on the internet. And I was like, what? She said, oh, I follow you on Instagram. I was like, what? So, you know, you don't even know who you're speaking to. You know, you don't know. You are representing yourself 100% of the time. You're responsible for your connection with everyone 100% of the time. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I love that so much. That's amazing. (laughs) (laughs) That's just such a reminder of the web. You know, we are so interconnected. So to be in that state of mindfulness and awareness and really, you know, making choices that support the greater good, knowing that, you know, we don't know who's on the other end line and we don't know what they're going through and we don't know where they are you know and I feel like that's one of the the reasons why gathering especially in sacred circles with other women to do ritual and ceremony work is so profound because we are those mirrors for each other but we can also fiercely hold each other with what it is that we're walking through and where we are on the journey because often there are other people that have been where you've been already and they can help you through to the other side and I feel like so much of the time when we do gather that we arrive as we are and we leave as more of who we are it allows us to step more into our wholeness more into our full expression more into our you know what I call our unique soul cycle so that we can bring that forward because we do each have these codes and we are each needed to bring them forward now to offer to the great cosmic masterpiece or else it will be lost forever yeah I love that Mm. thank you yeah so i know that you live on ceremonial land and Mm. sacred sites in the wilds of cornwall england and i was so honored to visit with you last summer Mm. and get to experience the power of my ancestral land and your connection to the land there and you know going into six thousand year old ceremonial caves and you know i'd love to um have you share how tapping into the ancient land and the rituals that have happened there over the millennia, how has that helped to superpower your work and your life? Yes, thank you. Oh, this is my dog Fox coming to say hello to everyone. Hello. <laughs> um, oh, that is a good question. It's really interesting, Lainey, because that path started for me by accident. You know, I was just hiking one day 20 years ago and walked into a stone circle and oh that's nice but I couldn't leave and I didn't know why you know I was like I like history you know this is interesting you know I'm a white girl from a white place from a council estate from a certain type of school an all-girls school you know just very mainstream when I was like growing up but you know there was something there really something there so it's happened over years and years and years of connecting and what I started to receive in my body was power. And I, the sites are huge earth alignments. They're part of a huge grid on the planet of intelligence from the ancient ones, um, possibly the future ones as well. I get a lot about the future there. But um, 
you know, to, to align our body with these places, which some of them 5,000, 6,000 years old in Britain, you know, where the ancient ones were using ceremony daily, seasonally, cyclically. And even though we don't know what they did, we can feel it. And their memory is there living amongst the stones and in that web of life. So when we go in, we enter that web of life too, and we connect with the ancestral wisdom. And it just happens through us. It's not even something the mind can understand. It's a remembrance, it's a belonging, it's a, it's a, a regathering. It's a regathering. And we will all be at those sites again. In fact, I'm guided that they are they left them there for us. This, how can you have a 6,000-year-old stone circle that hasn't been knocked down in the 21st century? You know, it's like, how has that happened? It's amazing. They're protected, some of them. Deeply, powerfully protected. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Those mm. vortexes of energy and power. I mean, for me, mm. you know, going to actually visit and lay my body down on the ancestral land and connect in in that way in an embodied way, I was mm. able to access even greater um, aspects of that wisdom that was in my own body because it was in my DNA. My blood, That's it. You know, and it's like literally connecting into like almost the blood of the earth as well yes. in that. And you feel that yes. vortex of energy and it, and it serves a lot of them, you know, the stone circles and things do have uh, crystal deposits and minerals that help amplify, but you know, yes. you feel the amplification of your truth, of That's your it. essence. Yes. And the pain that wants to move, they are amplifiers. So if you went in having an argument, you're going to have a blazing argument. You know, it's going to be really big. They clear, um, for sure. Um, but they're great for intentions, ceremonies, rituals, anything. And, and I feel that because our mother, the, the mother line is the strongest line. So in a patriarchy, we all had to change our names to our dad's name. And uh, when we got married, sorry, our father's name. Uh, no, our husband's name. And, you know, women were sold to men and women were owned by men and blah, blah, blah. Old, old news, hopefully. Um, but, but essentially, it's the mother line that is the strongest line. So the, I'm sure you've heard this, the egg that made you from your mother's ovaries was created in your grandmother's womb when your mother was a fetus. So even on that level, at the cellular level, you are your grandmother. Mm -hmm. And now let's not even go back how many generations that takes us. You know, it's just a cycle of life, but we've forgotten that feminine spiral of life. We think time is linear. It's a spiral, it's one moment, it's just coming in and round. And the womb and the mother embodies that, but she doesn't, no, she's even doing that in the modern world. She's just popping out a baby. You know, so, so when Lainey goes to a British ancient site to connect with her ancestral wisdom, you know, literally in her cells, from her womb, in her bones, in her blood, is that ancestral memory of the ancient ones that did live there. They're in her, they're in us. And we're standing in this tiny moment of time with all our ancestors behind us like this and all our descendants like that and we're the we're the alive one going hey, hey, hey so by you know dancing into the moment coming into celebration of life through ritual and ceremony they join us the timelines kind of go which is why the shaman dances the spirits you dance you dance the spirits and receive the wisdom mm. download wisdom 
Mm, so beautiful yes yes and yes and that's also part of this pillar of the sacred art of sparkling shamelessly it is also around connecting to our ancestral roots and that ancient wisdom as a part of us being able to come into our wholeness and our fullness and our full light and capacities because there is often wounding there but there's also often deep gifts so it's really being able to navigate and look at and move with what is there so that it doesn't get stuck in us, either in a way that can compromise us or that it, you know, gets withheld so that we don't access our full capacities. So just as another way of stepping into our sovereignty and into our power, really knowing those roots and like going all the way back, you know, as far as you can to really access that. Oh, that's so beautiful. So I'd love to um, touch a little bit because you just spoke again about the wisdom in the body. And so I'd love to see if you have any recommendations for our listeners to help them to reconnect to and listen to the wisdom within their own bodies. Oh, yeah. Thank you. Um, yeah. So I just want to say... You're afraid of the dark for a reason. We've been scared of the dark because everything bad happened in the dark. And everything buried is buried in the dark. And everything we most fear is in the dark. It's actually our place where we find the light. So by being brave, by closing our eyes and returning to that original innocence inside ourselves, our heartbeat, our womb cycle, and listening and Allowing the emotions, that's my dog chewing a bone. Is it very loud? <laughs> Is it okay? <laughs> Having this poignant moment for the dog to chew a bone. Um, yeah, by allowing ourselves to, to, at the cellular level, release those emotions, listen to our cycle. So when we come into the fourth moon of our cycle, the luteal phase, when the unfertilized egg is preparing to drop, when we're preparing to bleed and enter the dream state, you know, to really honor that place. That takes ovaries. That takes quite a woman to, you know, a full juicy woman to do that because PMS, you know, is an industrial phenomenon. It is a and that's a fact that is of a pa any patriarchal culture, even if it's indigenous, and industrialization. So PMS is pain, it's agony, it's oppression, and so much illness in the womb in the womb cycle. However, if we begin honoring that phase as a sacred portal into the shaman, into the high priestess, into the seer, into the oracle, into the dream, we can release those dark pains but with the holding of the body, you know, we're not like diving in and not coming out. We're like just honoring, gently, crying, letting, writing, releasing, whatever's true for you, painting, whatever's there, out, give it space, give it breath. And when we allow that sort of starlight, dark cosmic space to breathe and let her purge, then when we bleed, we can flow into a deep sensuality and a deep dreaming state, essentially, which is heaven, which is heaven. It's the, uh, I want to be a gender with a womb because of that. Like, it's amazing. <laughs> it's just amazing. Which then means, you know, the knock-on impact of that is our yoni is happy. Our womb is happy. Our hormones are happy. Our sex life is happier. 
you know, our orgasmic nature is more uh, accessible. So it's all interlinked. Um, so yeah, so darkness. Mm. That darkness and our moon time, so our bleeding time, our menstrual time, is so taboo. It's been so demonized. And in fact, I wrote a whole um, piece in my thesis on how every every major religion for 2,000 years demonized the moon cycle. Yeah. The most wonderful religions, you know, from Taoism, Buddhism, Christianity, Islam, Judaism, every single one cited that woman was dirty, unclean, not to be touched, uh, and worse, that she was a devil of some kind. Um, so we, can, we can't even comprehend what women have gone through. We need a bit of respect for that um, in the past. But the way you do know as a woman or a gender with a womb is that your cycle hurts. That's how you know, it's not supposed to hurt. We can have emotional pain and release because life happens and she's responding to that as the temple of our feminine principle. But she's not supposed to be in agony, needing drugging and medication and, you know, weeks off work because we're so sick. Um, yeah, so trust the dark. See where she's leading you because she's taking you in to listen. And it takes courage. Mm, beautiful yeah. thank you sister yeah i've always loved the the sort of more indigenous wisdom that you know women weren't sent on vision quests because every month we have the opportunity to go on a vision quest when we are experiencing our moon time and when we are bleeding and that you know that is a visionary time when we can access whole other worlds and you know that we have the capacity to bleed and not die you know, we literally can access as well that underworld space. And I love actually that you brought up hell. I wanted to circle back to that, that is hell, and that's H-E-L. Um, but, you know, the image of her, I've actually had um, some women that I've worked with before who have said that I remind them of her because of like the sort of half hair and the half darkness and it's like half skeletal, half underworld and then half like fully embodied feminine goddess in the world, you know, and really being able to walk that line to be able to be in wholeness and fullness and being able to go into the darkness, to go into the underworld, to go into the depths. Mm. And pull out into the light what it is that wants to be retrieved and honored and seen and known and so just like wanting to honor that and how that was how that was how that story was transformed yes you know and yes. how her power as a goddess was transformed and you know vill villainized as you've said and okay. just for us to come back to that place of reclaiming our power that is in our body because our body is a portal to our power yes and if there's any part of it where we're carrying that shame that society has put on us or we're carrying those pieces to do what we can to clear that so that we can come back into our full sovereign self yes and shine the light for the other women who don't know about this yet and they will they will <laughs> And, 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 and I think it's so beautiful that so many women that I work with, they have that experience, I'm sure you do too, Lainey, with the women you work with, um, where it's not that they're going out evangelizing and preaching to women, hey, you should do this and you should work with your cycle. It's that women say to them, what is it about you? What's something about you? 
you know, wow, you're radiant. Wow, you're so powerful. Wow, you know, there's a wow. Um, because they're embodying and embodiment is where it's at like uh, feminism can only go so far without femininity without body it's it I don't think we will have equality it won't exist we need polarity yeah and this new feminine paradigm of leadership it is an embodied leadership it is an ecstatic leadership because we're in this embodiment and what a gift that is you know this oh, what a gift. Forward. Yeah. Yeah. Sister, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast today. Mm -hmm. Such powerful wisdom Mm -hmm. and just really honoring you for your sacred work in the world and all the medicine that you bring and just, you know, holding down that node of light in the matrix as well in the wild (laughs) corn wall when we gather. So just deeply honoring you, sister. And we'll, we'll share your info here afterwards. And if other women would like to find you, they'll be able to do so and please do thank you so much lady thank you everyone it's gorgeous to be invited here thank you thanks so much for joining us for the show today beloved if you want to hear more from our guest today join us in sister hive to receive a master class from her or visit goddessrocks.co.uk trillions of years of evolution and revolution led to you It's time to remember who you truly are and why you're here at this most powerful time in human history. It's time to allow your full spiritual magnificence and the raw truth of who you are to come forth. It's time to be lit up and turned on and blazing true because the world needs your unique soul sparkle now more than ever. So remember, Someone out there needs you. Are you willing to finally come out of hiding and live your life so that they can find you? I'll leave you with that question for now, beloved, and I'll see you next time. Bye for now. If you enjoyed the show today, please share it with your beloveds and come on over to laneylovedolby.com where you'll receive a free Soul Sparkle starter kit so you can begin your own journey to ignite your revolutionary potential today. 